0: Welcome to the Embodied Aquarian Age podcast. This is Emily Trinkis, and recently I had the great pleasure of talking with one of my favorite podcasters, Brandon Thomas, of Expanding Reality. Our conversation happened at the perfect time, astrologically speaking, because Pluto has just moved into Aquarius and will be there for the next 20 years. And one of the ways I'm thinking about Pluto and Aquarius is that expanding our reality, shattering our old thought paradigms, opening up to new ideas about who we are as humans and what this place is, I think these are going to be survival skills in this new era. And at this point, I think it's literally life or death, whether or not we open our minds to new ways of seeing and whether or not we own and consciously wield the power of our attention. So Brandon's podcast continually blows my mind. He's someone who's willing to question everything and to get into deep discussions about the big questions in life. And he puts a lot of focus on the power of our thoughts and our words. So I find him and his work super inspiring and of course we had a very expansive conversation and also went very deep and wide-ranging and I had a lot of fun and plus I found out that like me he's a Virgo so what's not to love? So I hope you enjoy. Welcome Brandon. Hi. Hey Um, you know I'm Just in love with your podcast and so grateful for you to be here and talk with me. I'm super excited for our conversation. Same. Cool. Um, So for those who are new to you and your Expanding Reality podcast, um, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yes. And Emily, thank you so much uh, for having me on your amazing show. This is such a cool conversation. I'm grateful in advance for having it and grateful for your audience for hanging out with us for this. This is amazing. It's uh, an incredible audience that's tuned to this vibration of conversation. So I'm grateful for everybody listening. You've done the work. You're you're here continuing to move forward against all uh, reason to in, in your exterior. And congratulations. So my name is Brandon Thomas in this physical existence. I sometimes go by Brandon, but I'm an entity, right? This huge, massive thing of light, right? But um, I sometimes go by Brandon, so we'll just go with that. Uh, And I um, have a show called Expanding Reality. It's on its third year. Actually, tomorrow marks its exact three years from the first uh, episode release. So I've been doing it for a minute, and it's been a wild ride. I mean, an absolute wild ride. Um, From this came, I mean, I've uh, gotten the opportunity to speak in a couple of documentaries. I'm featured in one of my best friend's uh, books, who I admired as an author before I ever invited him on the show he came on the show now he's a dear friend of mine and now I'm in one of his books and he just signs them and sends them to me every time so it's like this thing to like if I can encourage anybody to do anything start a podcast right there start a show do something that will uh, give you the opportunity to really teach yourself about reality and that's like the whole point of this and that's the name of the show expanding reality it's a verb we wanted to make sure that it continued and it's an ever-expanding process which it is so um, this idea of It being one thing or another was uh, very uh, out of my frame anyway because my uh, tastes are so eclectic. They're from everything from animation and comics to Legos to UFOs to writing to these high intellectual concepts with these PhD people who have written books with William Tiller to like uh, astrology to all. I mean, it's every it's my reality has expanded so much just from simply amazing conversations like this and inviting people to come on my show and teach me about something amazing about themselves or the world around me I never knew before for an hour. right? And so in that process, I've gotten the opportunity to meet a lot of authors and books have always been such a massive part of my life. I had a, a fourth grade teacher, I'll never forget her, Miss Kane, and this woman um, knew and she saw that the whatever I was doing, I was my mind was very above that. And she would hand me um, Calvin and Hobbes books. And so at fourth grade, I'm sitting here with a Calvin and Hobbes book and a dictionary. And i'm learning these huge words that bill waterson would plant in these amazing stories and learning and growing with that and so i've always been in love with books and comics and the integration of knowledge in that way and the wisdom in a tangible sense i'm just so so into that and uh so through that and through the show still answering your question we founded a publishing house called rediginal publishing it's a word i figured all words are made up so i'll just make one up too and ours means uh ridiculously original right rediginal And so our motto in in this publishing venture is to empower and amplify the voices and visions of ridiculously original authors and creators. And that's the whole point here. And to that, I feel like a leader in many ways. But in that regard, I've had a lot of people who said they were leaders in my life who I follow a different strategy than I was able to learn what not to do rather than you know, or perhaps a technique that wouldn't I wouldn't covet moving forward. And so my technique is rather than hey follow me, I just say I'll go first, right? And so in that, I've published a series of books. I've got an expanding reality handbook that you can check out on Amazon. It was my first go at anything with Canva, and it's fun. It's it's cool. Uh, there will be another version of that coming out at some point, but that is something that I created uh, along with the publishing house, but not to advertise the publishing house because we really haven't done much of that. Uh, We just do organic growth, and it's been amazing. Uh, What I did want to do was to show other content creators that there are ways to add value to their shows and a way to connect to their audience in tangible mediums, right? Everybody has these digital copies of their books, and God bless some authors that come on. No, I'm not going to read it. Uh, Send me the physical thing, and I'll read it, right? And it's honestly the best thing for an author to send me their book because I'm picking them up, flashing them on camera, and damn near every episode, right? Anyone it applies to. So in this process... Uh, I've created a series of journals as well, um, along with the show one, uh, that these are just personal things that I designed and and, and have literally hand drawn and uh invited community members to come participate in. There's different phases of the journal series. It's there's five of them on pub and published right now on Amazon. We're looking to go wider with that for you folks that go, oh Amazon, I get it, dude. I get it. Uh we did go ahead and upfront purchase the ability to go wide and Called the isbns and all that stuff so anyway we we did all that we did all the right work uh to make sure we weren't pigeonholed into anywhere so um we we will be going wider with these things barnes and noble just accepted us as well so these things though are like i said a hand-drawn uh the first one's called mindful expansion and it came to be with uh i, I just had this practice in mind uh, about a year and a half ago where i would sit down and draw a section for where i track the moon and then i would draw. A section for my mantra and then I had a daily design it's four questions I ask myself every day and then I would have um gratitude section a reading section because I read like crazy so I have tracking my reading and stuff and then uh conversation with self and so I had this like layout that I just use in a line journal I just bought a normal line journal drew it every morning would draw it in different colors so I knew what day it was so I had fun with it right and so I just got tired of drawing it, to be honest. It took like 30 minutes to draw every morning, you know, a quick shit design of it. And it it's nothing like it turned out to be. And that's it, what's in print now is nothing like the next version. It's on the drawing table literally now, and it's fucking amazing. I love it. Um, So uh, from that then, I just decided to publish it. I was like, you know, if I'm just going to – I'm not going to draw this thing every morning. So again, it's my practice. I, I wanted uh, to do this so that I didn't have to draw it every morning. But I figured if I was going to do it, I'll do it in a cool way. Um, our style, right, go ahead and do it through the publishing house. And then also, um, just design it in a cool way. And then, you know, uh, explain it in a cool way. And it's done that it's it's cool as shit, to be honest with you, I'm gonna say the word cool, again. Um,
0: (laughs) I agree, I have it in my hand here. And it is cool as shit. And I am planning to start, you know, it, it arrived here, just about at the full moon. And I was like, oh, ah. I wanna start this at the new moon. So I think this will be perfect for the Aquarius new moon, Chinese new year. I'm gonna dive in, but I love the design. Um, my only complaint is that the the area for writing what you're reading is kind of small. And I, like you, <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always reading like three different books. Like how can I cram them in there?
1: I came up with a solution to that in the next one, and this is what's so funny about this. I um, am usually a one book in the morning guy. That I'm a morning productive guy, right? And so that I'm that's my morning time is my, and that's that's when it all gets it happens right there. And I figured out that by uh, grabbing onto my morning, and it's, it explains it in the in the intro of the book there why that's so important to really treat each new day as a new life. And there's a quote from Saint Ignatius, uh, and he was uh, quoted as saying, "Give me a child from." six to seven, I'll show you the man for the rest of his life, right? And so in that, the idea behind that is this period of indoctrination, which we've all experienced. We've all gone through the meat grinder here, which made us beautiful. And we grew out of the shit fertilizer that fertilizes into these tall, beautiful sunflowers so we could see each other, right? I was like, oh, you were you fertilizing shit too. I see that. And um, through that though, uh, there's there's this exploratory process with yourself that you can embody through these daily mindfulness techniques. And so with mine, it was in the morning. And so I just got to this thing to where, No phone for the first hour, uh, water before caffeine, um, a a walk in nature, like at least 30 minute walk in nature. And I do it barefoot. We live on 12 acres, so I just stroll around barefoot all the time. Um, And then things like that. So there was an important apprehension that I was aware of that it, it was either decided for me or that I could grab a hold of right away. And if you let somebody else take the reins right away, meaning pick up your phone and answer emails or pick up your phone and respond to something or get engaged in something before you prioritize yourself first, no matter what that is. If it's, oh, I got to get up early because there's no amount of excuses, it will overwhelm the amount of reasons why you should. And so this idea that, um, this idea of apprehending your morning and really just uh, saying it's mine and declaring that right away was so important to me. And that's what the journal does. It gives you this dive in. But in the next one, um, I do have a section in the back where it's like a goals list. It's called Horn Tootin', but really what it is is it's like a a listed out really cool design. I love it. It's one of the most complicated drawings and things I've ever done. I'll, I'll send you a little video I made of it. Um, and so it it goes through, and there's eight different sections, so you get 16 per page, and you can actually track anything on this, but it's for goals, it's for... Um, uh, project management on creative projects, any uh, any damn project, but then also uh, reading, right? I thought about this as well. It could be a reading tracker, so you go through every day, and you have multiple books that you're reading. They all can be color-coded differently, or there are sections to delineate one goal from another, and that, you know, again, it's very complicated, but I'll, I'll show you. I'm very proud of it. I, I feel like I'm just a, a channel for the muse on this shit. It's not like, oh, look at what I did. It, it's this uh, cool co-collaboration with something and I, I just get in a mode you know and um, this is why I need to do multiple things like I've got multiple projects going but I don't feel overwhelmed in the way and I need them to be that way you know because I spin the plates as they're as I'm inspired to rather than I gotta this and I worked like I gotta for a long time and it you know it yielded the results it yielded and what I can say now is by right, figuring out my relationship with me Uh, which this journal uh, gave me, you know, this practice is just really interesting. And this was just another tool in the in the box. Uh, It gave me the ability to just know myself better, you know, and it's that Abraham Hicks quote that's quoted in the front of that mindful expansion book you've got. And it's just that, um, you know, your people will ask you, what have you done? And the only thing that you can tell them that is of any value to them is that you figured out your relationship with you. I figured out my relationship with me is the quote. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's your greatest job is to figure out who you are, honestly. Uh, I think, and so it's been a it's been the biggest thing for me, um, the biggest mountain to climb. And not only that, but the greatest success I feel is to be on this journey. I don't feel like I'm at any conquered point, but I will say I've peaked some mountain tops, and it it looks cool as shit from there, you know. Um, so anyway, it's a journaling practice. We also have some um, that are for just journal people. I I draw uh, just. Really cool notebooks anyhow. Um, there's one that I drew just for show notes and stuff that I just bind by myself. And um, it's just on a legal pad thing that I leather bound and I'll never sell them probably because they're a pain in the ass to make, but I do like using them. So again, this is, it's for me really, I, I use this shit. Um, and then there's another one called creative expansion, which folds into something that we start on the show today uh, on a show that I've got after this and it's to incorporate art into the show. So creative expansion is to feature local artists or just artists, right? Or up and coming, whoever. And we found an amazing uh, community that also just happens to have some incredible art in it. And I've invited these folks on the show to feature in a third box along with our conversation like you and I are having right now, right? There'd be another box here that would then have this artist who's zoomed in on their project and they would just create, right? Clay, paint, sketch, whatever you want. But it's a kinetic learning opportunity for those who learn that way, and I got this idea from a guy named Dave Scott. He has a show called uh, Spaced Out Radio, and he has he. I was invited on with a documentary um, I did. I'll do a shout out for it. It's called uh, Secret Space UFOs: NASA's First Missions. It's on Amazon by a guy named Darcy. Where it's really cool. Richard Dolan's in it. Anyway, so we go on this. Um, we go on this show, and he had a fourth box there. It was Dave Scott, me, Darcy, and a fourth box. And I was like what is going on? I was fascinated by it. My, my, you know, ADD mind was just like, ah, oh. and I'm looking at this dude, water, uh, water coloring, a, a drawing of like an alien next to a spaceship, uh, shaking hands with an astronaut, but it was like a, a four-year-old Druid, but I was fascinated by this. I was like, oh my God. And I point this out in the middle of the show, you know, I was like, what is going on? You know, I go for all you kinetic learners, like, do you understand the value of what they've created here? You can watch this and enjoy this and then promote this. But then also uh, listen to the conversation because I'll doodle while I listen to something and I retain the shit out of it. You know, again, it's just for folks getting to know yourself. You get to know different ways that uh, you learn and can retain information and enjoy the retention of information. And um, anyhow, so we're doing that today. We roll that out with an artist named Hugie, uh, Hugie, H-U-G-I on Instagram. Hugie artist on Instagram. You guys check his stuff out. It's like a black pen sketch. It's amazing. So we're doing that um, and we're just doing these really cool things that then dovetails with the journals in the publishing house that then invites people to come out to the events that we're having uh, that we're starting in May of this coming of this year. And it's just wild, like the it's wild. Guys, start a podcast out there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you just go start a damn show. Right. You know.
0: Yeah. And you don't you don't know where it's going to take you. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining a lot of stuff opened up that you had no idea. But I, I'm curious, what was it that inspired you initially to start the podcast?
1: You know, it's fascinating. I'm grateful for the question. And you're absolutely right. There, there was a ton of stuff that opened up and I took almost all of it. I had to figure out what was aligned. And then but you know, what's aligned for you changes, right? So yeah. the things I chose then that were absolutely certain about I wouldn't choose now, but I, I needed to choose it then to know that, right? It's this beautiful, paradoxical process. So um, I never even knew what podcasts were until about four years ago, my wife, um, and which is well into the game. And so um, my wife and I were listening to something and we we took her car to the store and she had something on playing and it was just these three dudes talking. I was like, "What what the hell is this? She was like, it's a podcast. I was like, what the fuck is a podcast? And so she's like, well, it's these three guys and they just do things. And so I started researching it. I got obsessed with, obsessed. And so I listened to every episode this show had. It was called Last Podcast on the Left. They're still around, they're amazing. We went and saw them actually in Dallas Live. So this is how like committed we were to this. And so immediately, of course, it didn't take me long to go, oh, I should do this. You know, like this is something I could do. And so immediately I was like, okay. So we start a show with uh, me, my wife, uh, two friends of ours. And it was called the Up and Atom, 80 AM experiment. The Up and Atom experiment, right? So Up and Atom. Anyway, so it had a little... uh, what do you call it a beaker on it for the logo and a mushroom cloud coming out of it? It was cool It was fun. So we had 50 episodes they are completely scrubbed from the internet I don't think anybody will find them, but we had 50 conversations on this thing And the premise was is that I my wife and I are whatever we are as far as beliefs go We don't have beliefs. We have ideas uh, Then we had one friend of ours who is very atheist and one friend who's very Christian Adam, right? Uh, yeah, you could have guessed that and uh, so he we all would have these conversations that we would think would open it up to new things or whatever and and it was fun for a while 2020 hit and of course that shut everything down and then I was just jonesing now the, the whole time the show was going that we were doing I was evolving it I was ready to do more things I was doing it everybody else just sort of showed up and that's fine what it it wouldn't for them right and so uh 2020 hit I was already balls deep in the next version of the show I was like guys we're going to rebrand we're going to change it it's going to be called this and I had names scribbled out on a page and I was thinking and you know doing this stuff and Uh, Then I had a list I started of a bunch of names in this green notebook, and I'm at work, you know, uh, driving a truck, and a truck driver for Budweiser, and I'm sitting here writing all these names, like, um, people who I'd heard on Coast to Coast, because I've been a huge Coast to Coast fan for, like, years, right, and so since I was 18, and so I was uh, really excited to get this list going, get this rebrand going, so I told everybody, hey, they're starting to, you know, we didn't give a shit about it anyway, but they're like, we're like, hey, can you guys, do you want to do the podcast again, and nobody wanted to come back. So I was like, dope, I rebranded it as expanding reality, changed everything and started working my way through that list on that green pad I had. And then three years later, here we are with a publishing house, with events, you know, I've been invited to like it's the year we have coming up is stupid. We just got invited last night to go. I'm going to officiate a wedding in May in Australia for two friends, like three friends of ours. Yeah, two friends of ours. Wow. It's cra- for like three days. It's it's insane. And then we have to be back for the event that we're doing. So we had to actually think if we could do it or not. Like, I'm like, shit, well, can I fly to Australia or not? We've never been. And so we're just pumped. So again, guys, start a fucking podcast, you know?
0: <laughs> that is amazing. And you've you've been busy. You have like 300 and something episodes, right?
1: uh That's yeah we're a too, lot. Almo- almost uh, almost 300 uh, well no with all the expanding content and stuff like that sure oh well over but uh released on the feed would be god i think it's 250 something yeah you're damn close though right right yeah and it's um you know i've swapped the word busy out for productive a long time ago and here's why i i heard um this quote on van wilder um like uh that worrying's like a rocking chair gives you something to do but it doesn't get you anywhere right i thought it was a great quote and just kind of oh we just don't need to worry about shit it's unproductive right and so I applied the same methodology to the word busy when I got really into uh, neurolinguistic programming and things like that I started seeing how the words affected uh, me and and just my reality if you want to put it that way if they affect you they affect your reality right and so I snatched the word busy and I grabbed it and I said hang on what is that and I looked at uh I th- I saw it as hamster wheel ideology I'm like yeah those are they're busy right. And then I looked at like people in nursing homes and rocking chairs and I'm like, yeah, they're busy too, right? They're busy doing that. But I chose to see it as being productive rather instead of busy. And it's that idea of going, you know, forward rather than straight, right? Going straight. You're mm-hmm. just going that way. You can be pointed straight, not going anywhere. Right. And that's that. I It's these semantic qualities about language, speech, the spellcasting that's just got yes. me enchanted. Uh, yes. There's a great book, Word Magic by Pao Chang. If anybody's never read it, I cannot recommend this book more. Uh, it's it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Pow Chang Word Magic. There's a second edition out. It's not expensive. It's on Amazon. Um, and it's things like that the breakdown of words and the spells that are being cast around you all the time. And then grabbing them and go, oh, I, I can cast my own spells by alchemizing that energy into what I really mean, which is to be productive. Right. And so uh, since I changed things, like that's when you ignite the momentum. And that's where like, oh, yes, now I'm going forward rather than straight. Now I'm productive rather than busy. You know, it's like this crazy amount of things. And then, you know, to your, I don't know, detriment, I suppose. Yeah, you lose free time because you are so damn productive. Like you, there are so many opportunities and things that keep you moving forward. Yeah.
0: Right. But in that, I mean, when you're doing what's really aligned and what you're really on fire about, then it's not... I don't know, like, I don't feel a lot of separation between work and non-work. And I think that's how it's supposed to be versus I've got my job that I hate and now I'm going to have my free time.
1: You said it there. It's job versus work. You nailed it. That's the that's the busy versus productive. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the idea that a job. But no, nobody wants a fucking job. Right. And that's why everybody looks at it and goes, I got to go to a job or I got to get a job. Right. It's not anybody I get to get a job. No, nobody's. You know, even in their most optimistic is saying that, right? Um, I I think the work, though, is where it's truly at. And you've nailed it with this. Like, absolutely nailed it with this. I don't need a break from this shit. What's interesting is I actually have to take breaks intentionally. I actually uh, astrologically know that my sort of time of the month, if you will, is new moon. And I don't know why that is. It's just new moon, day before, day after, and new moon. I have now scheduled, I've red circled out on those days in my schedule, and I do creative projects those days. I do not do zoom calls i won't uh, take interviews you know or we'll schedule around it you know stuff like that i'm just very deliberately mindful about taking these breaks now rather because of the moon then i was inspired to take the breaks and therefore it regulates in a way that is perfect for me to continue on and at this pace and so therefore it, it works right or i just figured it out and then that's what i'm doing now i don't know either way it's magical and it seems um it seems very beneficial to just be cognizant of that kind of stuff, but as you said, um, it's it's fueling the work fuels you now. It's it's not a depressing, sucking, draining thing like a job. It's right. a fueling. It's a ign- ignition source. It's I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Good it's. Point. Uh, it's it, I was gonna say it's so cool to find that, but I, I don't think it's. I don't think you ever just find that. I think you create that. I think it's like taking that step forward to take the risk. Okay, I'm gonna start a podcast. I don't know where this is gonna take me, but it feels right for now. So I'm gonna take that step, and then it's like the next thing, and the next thing, next thing.
1: Yeah, you nailed it, and it's really that inner voice in you that knows something's fucked up here, and knows something's not right, and knows that what you're being told you are, and what this place is being said that it is, is not accurate. And to a large like disturbing degree and it's when you when you feel that tug that's that's where you yeah you tug on that and then that's where if you allowed it allow it to manifest in a in in the way it does because you can't like just go oh i'll just do it like this and then avoid these uh b- bouts of resistance that will then allow me to overcome the old self that needs to be the new self to f- step forward like those are going to manifest in whatever ways that they are to clear that shit, and that's just inevitability um we can argue about How big of a fan I am of the modus operandi of this place. But as a systems guy, as a, I can big picture this bitch and see certain elements of it. I get the way it functions from my perspective I have now. Um, But again, I have ideas, not beliefs. I'm not hard on to anything. The only one belief I have is the, is two words, temporary truth. Everything Mm -hmm. here is a temporary truth. No matter what you feel, you know, no matter how solid you feel on the bedrock of your understanding, it's temporary as fuck. I have learned that.
0: (laughs) I have learned that. And the things that I have felt so uh, righteous about, especially, no, I can't do righteousness anymore, or I can't do I have the truth anymore, because I know I'll just be humbled. I know that's not going to work.
1: Go. Go, No, go ahead. Um, it's just, I think it's just from my observer perspective It's because this place is so riddled with paradox, it's going to show you counterintuitive to anything that you believe, say, and it's even going to back that up in society, air quotes, society, we can talk about NPCs and shit if you want, rather any of it's real. Um, it's going to reinforce that in the majority of the physical location and the bombardment of what you've chosen to give your energy away, uh, all around you, like in, in mass. And that's just going to be the way that it, it works. But you can usurp this. You just you just trudge through that shit, knowing, you know, just shine the fuck out of your light. And that's the direction you go. It's this fascinating just connection uh, that you get in this new uh, expansion through it. It's a wild process. It is a mind.
0: wild process. And I want to come back to we're we're going to come back to what you think this place is currently mm-hmm. and all of that. But I'm just curious. And you said that you've been listening to Coast to Coast since you were 18. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is whether you've just always been someone who explores what people aren't talking about and always interested in what's really going on and asking questions, expanding your reality, or if there was something that happened or that you experienced or some event that just like blew your mind open and, and got you started on that path.
1: It's a great question. And it's there's, I mean, you've obviously your listeners know by now that I've got diarrhea of the mouth, and I'm very verbose. And I I, there's a lot to explain uh, an answer like that. So I'll give you the quickest answer I can, which is that no, um, I'm not an experiencer in any way uh, that I'm consciously aware of. And I will admit to that I understand that there's part of this place that you're not consciously aware of. And so I admit that that part exists. And I, I don't have access to it from my current awareness. But that is just something I'm aware of. So let's just start there. I'm not a conscious experiencer in any degree. Um, I don't see ghosts. I don't have freaky woo woo experiences. Never seen a UFO. I've been fascinated by all of it. We're doing a befriending Bigfoot event. Never seen a Bigfoot. I'm absolutely excited. I don't know what I'd do if I did. But it's something that I am um, i don't dream, by the way. That's another thing. I don't Ooh. have dreams. So when I shut it down, it's shut down. I don't remember having dreams. If I ever do, again, I'm not conscious of these things if they are being performed. And so my inability to connect in a tangible way to the phenomena, which I feel encompasses everything. I think it's one of these mud shadow concepts of Castaneda, where it's all it takes all forms, anything it needs. From this perspective, though, what it's offered me is that. It's offered me the ability to see it as truly subjective to the individual. I see all of the experiences I talk about on the show, see on the show as people wearing individual VR headsets that they're walking around in a world that I don't have access to. But they absolutely feel and see and experience as real. And who am I to argue with that? And this is another thing about the show and why it's so fucking successful and I'm so grateful for who I am, the stars aligning, whatever it was. I'm very proud of I'm humble, not modest. I'm very proud of all the work I've done in the uh, the positions I've been offered, opp- the opportunities I've been given and where I'm at. And all, it, all of it has to do, this is again answering your question, I promise, all of it has to do with perception. It's all got to do with how you see things. And my ability to perceive perception as so valuable has been a thing. Like to even look at the concept of looking at, right? Um, this led me to monitoring my thoughts, which led me to the Thought Ninja concept, which is a whole thing, but... Early on, um, I had a normal-ass life. I grew up in a a small-ish suburban town. It wasn't on land or anything, so we weren't like farmers and shit. It was just a small town, a small suburban community in North Texas uh, called Keller, Texas. Uh, Very small. 67 people in my graduating class, right? And so we did soccer. We did the church thing. You know, Grace Baptist. My folks were super into it. um, All of that kind of stuff. And so did that all until uh, 17 years old. Now, at 17 years old, uh, summer into fall, we moved that summer from North Texas down to Houston. And it was a huge move, huge move for everybody. And so uh, we get down there, I was already driving at the time. And so I was finishing my last two years of high school out there, my junior and senior year. And in that year and a half time period, I had the biggest awakening probably ever. And none of it was, you know, it was all spiritual and transcendental, but none of it freaky woo woo as it were. So, um I ended up um you know having some challenges at the home because one of the parents had a really uh, strong issue with uh leaving where we were in our place and so it was a big, you know, job transfer thing. Um that manifested into some anxiety in the home that manifested into physical abuse. That physical abuse then got focused on the children, that physical abuse then stayed on me and I made sure that it did so it didn't spill over to my brother. So, that was part of it. Um this growing up at such a young age, this instant detachment from safety and being able to see that things were grounded and rooted and safe um, then um, and that was reinforced a few times over escalated in two days after my graduation my grandmother was still in town uh, visiting me from seeing me graduate I did get that damn certificate um, and you know there was an incident where that parent ended up on top of me choking me uh, expressing how they wished I wasn't here anymore and so in that moment i went upstairs grabbed two bags of whatever i could pack my guitar and just left i walked out on foot didn't have a car or anything like that and i was gone and so that moment led me to a lot of uh you know drug use i had uh, experimentation i will say there was um i had already done psychedelics a few months before that which really opened my mind i uh, experimented with lsd liquid lsd the first time ever at the age of 18 and it was amazing, and it was this incredibly interconnected experience. I saw the universe is one, and so to be honest with you, I do have freaky woo-woo experiences, but they were only as a psychonaut. They've only ever been uh, induced by mushrooms or LSD or you know MDMA or anything like that. I had experiences, but, I mean, again, I I don't point to those as something like what I interview for people on the show. So with that, um, that opened my mind and expanded to all sorts of things, moved around, crazy, crazy, yada, yada ended up uh, moving up to take care of my grandmother when she got Alzheimer's Um, I was 25 I'd been a touring musician this whole time and I actually went to tour China I was over there for a month Um, I toured all the US and stuff like that it was it was cool and it was fun I wrote a bunch of music and just had a blast doing it I thought that was it I'll just do that right so that guitar back there I have it carved and everything I hand car. I'll show it to you anyway so did that for a while and then um ended up grandmother passing away from Alzheimer's uh getting the house and needing to just at 25 like taking care of her was like this slap of reality it was I had to get power of attorney and like people were trying to take her money and I had no help from family like we didn't communicate right and so there was I was just doing this shit on my own just doing the best I could at this kid I actually canceled my second tour of China two weeks before I was supposed to go like everything was ready it was like two months this time it was bigger and better and whatever and it was just an incredible place, but grandma called and said, Hey, I don't have anybody else and I need help. Like, cool. Dropped it all. Grab again, just grabbed everything, threw the dogs in the truck, and we took off up here. Come to find out she had Alzheimer's. So that was the thing. I had to discover that. I had to take her to doctors, figure out what was going on, buy her a bunch of diapers. You know, it was like this thing. And so that was interesting in itself. And then that's when mom and I started talking, is when she passed again, um, and the family and everybody. And uh, we started kind of being cool, but on very new terms. It's very different boundaries. You know, I'm not part of that. You know, I haven't felt part of that family, you know, in a long time. And so it's just interesting to sort of see it, call it for what it is, and just move forward with love and grace. I mean, it made me who I am, and I'm grateful as fuck for it, honestly. There's no like pity here. There's no, oh, that shouldn't happen because fuck that. I mean, now I wouldn't be of as great a value as I am to everybody else if it wouldn't happen, right? And just got over this dark night of the soul shit that's been crazy. So, I mean, like things have been, I've been able to empathize with more levels of humanity here than I've ever experienced. And uh, there's other things about childhood I won't talk about. Um, And there's just, you know, a lot has made me the dude that you see before you. But what I can say, it's 100% rooted in his perception. It's how you see this place. And along the ride, there was a guy named Kevin Smith who created a movie called Dogma. And in that movie, 1999, in that movie, there's a guy named Chris Rock. And he plays a character named Rufus. And Rufus has a line when he's on a train. And he says, I don't have beliefs. I have ideas. Because ideas are easier to change. Mm-hmm. And I sat with that line. And it's been a part of my vernacular. And I, I say it constantly and think about it and really... Uh, meditate on it and think of the importance of it because of how damaging beliefs are. You know, you look at the value of something, you see why it's valuable. Oh, because it counteracts something destructive, right? And so you see it and you're just like, oh my God, this is, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it, right? I can see that the reason... One of the reasons maybe and a strong one would be this ideology thing, this, oh, I got a this because of that. And I realized early on one of the dangerous sentences ever spoken by humanity was, well, that's because of the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. And it's this Luddite idea of not, you know, progressing forward, but at its deepest core, it's not technological, it's it's mental. You know, this whole place is mind, I think. And so to look at it as a, a mental venture and a fortification in that way, and then in that way, it's very centered, you know, it's very in you. So it's been a crazy ride that is continuing to evolve. And that's a short version of it, to be honest. (laughs) That was a long ass version, but that was a short version.
0: That's great. I mean, yeah. and, And I think there, there seems to be a kind of intrinsic connection between going through traumatic experiences and waking up. And I don't, I mean, I like to think that those two things don't have to go together, but it, they must it, it seems like they do
1: they must it's this again th- now again if you want to talk about my preference of modus operandi of this place how we learn how we grow how we're presented with information can interpret it get fucked like it, i have so many arguments like if this is a game and we're here to take notes i'm uh, one star like i've got so many notes uh just so so many and one of them is just your ability to get clarity and and, and uh grounding you know, and know your bearings i had a lady named. Uh, Kate Montana on recently. And she um, had a quote uh, when we were talking about, and she said heaven to her was certainty. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God, I I had this like, it, it made the most beautiful sense in the most ridiculous way. You're just like, yeah, well, why aren't you? And and the reason is, is because you get to this point in this reality to where certainty is so non-existent. It's non, it doesn't exist. It, there is no feeling of anything, concrete, anything. I will at my core give up, anything just to know what i am and what who i am like my core what i am i what this place is like what this experience is supposed to generate what it's all about like just some a peek behind the curtain as it were of, of the modus operandi and the, and the means in which it needs to operate this way and carnage and fucking cruelty and suffering like i just it bugs me and so when when you get to an idea like certainty yeah that's that sounds like heaven you know that sounds really really nice yeah
0: well, shout out to Kate Montana for connecting us.
1: Love God, Kate. Yes.
0: She was on fire on your show. That was amazing. Um, and yeah, so let's talk about what you, where you think we are. I've I've watched your episodes with Howdy Mikowski, you know, talking about this place as a soul trap, and also um, Tony Sayers. Yeah, and yeah. you know we're being farmed we're like the cows being the milked new for our new cage yeah. yeah that was whoa that thank you for expanding my reality <laughs> yes, um
1: ma'am.
0: so what's you know w- without any uh attachment or expectation that this is what you're gonna think tomorrow but in this moment what's your sense of where the fuck we are what this <sighs> place is what what is this what are we doing
1: It's such a, you know, and that's the question. You know, there's no more, do aliens exist? There's no more, uh, does Bigfoot exist? I actually have to turn around and enjoy those things now. And this is the point I'm at, to be honest with you. I feel like I kind of shook the presence and I figured out what's going on. I figured out to a level that there is something sinister here but i don't think that it's something i'm perceiving accurately i think it can be perceived that way but again i think that that could be a misperception of my perception which i think is it's is my core issue with this place is my your how perception managed we are and this is one of the things you immediately are recognized to it's it depends on where you're at and what where, what where your awakening leads you but You go probably to religion first and then government, um, but you maybe go government first, you know, it depends on where you're planted, right? And so it's interesting you said this as well about uh, our environments and where we grow. And I think that it's very, I've seen in my observation that we're all not together. We're not around each other. We're all planted in places and grown in a fertilizer of absolute shit. And shit environment creates beautiful, beautiful flowers that grow. And I've compared us all to like these uh, fifteen foot, you know, this is an under simplification, but uh, like these sunflowers that grow really, really tall, right? From the perspective of a da- daisy, that's a that's a good perspective. But it's like that shit fertilizer fertilized us all enough to be able to grow this tall, to where now we could see each other and we can go, oh yeah, you're you're like me, you're you're on the same path I am. You have the same experiences I have, and you can see this in us now. You can just see it in your face, and I could see just being with you and just feeling you here. You've got so much of the same story I do as everybody else does and you of uh, the answer to me is of course and the reason is is because I'm aware of modus operandi of this place again we can talk about my preference one star um but also I'm very aware of that if we're aligned if you're in my path it's a very specific energy here I'm not fucking around anymore I went through this very dark night of the soul thing gave all this up I could burn it to the ground and through that is where I was given this new perspective I was very a fan of the new age i've never planted my flag because i don't have any reason to i'd see so many things that i'm so in flux with and it's like saying i'm floating down a river but i like that tree so i'm gonna get out and tie a hammock around it and just stay there and i i didn't see the value in that and so i see all the hammocks and they're cool i'll visit your campsite but i'm gonna hop on that river and keep going you know that's my ride and so as i've gone down the river it's (laughs) it led me into a dark fucking cave and it sucked ass and in that cave, I I did I lost every, I lost all hope I lost all love I didn't uh, I I had the voice you're gonna kill yourself today like every day in my head for like three fucking months and it was tough and <laughs> shit Emily um excuse me and it was. It was coming off this, um, like, super loved, you know? Super like, oh, cool. There is something here that's going to work out. There is something that's going to, (laughs) like... I don't know, be worth the shit, you know? And, like, hand out. And then I got to this point, and it was a sign right before the cave. And it said, yeah, you should have to have faith. And that's it. It was, yeah, you can have what you want. You should have to have faith. And I got pissed. And I fucking, like burn the sign of the ground like i just wanted it to end because i don't i don't have fucking faith i need to be you know i i i don't have this like concept of i don't know fucking unconditional love you know um and this idea that this place or this god or whatever uh all the way down to like your parent right so you have this you know you grow up for a while they take you to soccer practice and shit. The next minute they're on top of you saying that they wish you'd never been born. And so it's like, what is that? What is, how do you have a framework for that with such fertilizer that you're planted in? And I think that the answer I got to was, is that, and where I'm at now, I'm not a fan of it, by the way, I'm I'm very admittingly looking forward to balancing this perspective out. And the conversation with Kate really, you know, inspired some of that. And um, it's, it's something, again, I, I, I'm not a fan of, like, to be honest, and, and what it is, and why I'm, you know, feeling this way, I guess, is it's, it's heavy, dude, and, um, a lot of mental health stuff, uh, that I talked about with a lot of people last year, um, a lot of, uh, people lost people, I lost a lot of people, you know, um, friends losing their wives way too fucking young to some shit cancer that doesn't need to exist, and so... I just stared at the darkness, really, and um, I got a new perspective. And and what I saw, you know, was from me, which is all I can ever offer. I'm not, uh, you know, the comparison curse is dead within me, as they say. It's like I don't, I don't sit here and look at somebody else's journey and say, ah, that I should be because they right. Um, I know I'm cutting my own path through a forest, and, and that's that's awesome. I don't want it any other way, and so I know what. Uh, but I know what that comes with, right? So in that, I felt like I, 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 what it, what it did, honestly, and I'm again grateful for it. I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but I'm grateful for it. And the realization I got was that you do give something up in that cave, and what you give up is your old self. But it's not this new age idea of you sit down with it and you talk to it and you integrate it and you tell it that you love it. It's nothing like that. It's you strangle it to death because it's attacking you and smothering you. And you do it out of self-love over fear. And that's where you declare love for yourself over the fear of anything else. In that, it broke everything. I, I got this snap, this 90 degree perspective of myself from and it sucked. I, I was like, oh, I was horrified, right? And I was sitting there saying that, um, you know, that I could just give it all up. I was giving up the show. I was like, we had book contracts with folks. I gave up. I was like, you know, fuck, I can't do anything. I could give up. We, I canceled, like, uh, I don't even know how many months worth of episodes. It was like two and a half months worth of shit. Uh, guest spots, like really cool things I was really looking forward to, I thought and really cool things happening and all of it shut down i mean all of it shut down turns out it was astrological some of it right uh this pluto squares saturn was fucking me uranus did something else and then there was these eclipses There was all kinds of shit but at its core what it did was it gave me this fucking break it snapped me and then also it was uh this idea of um extreme burnout it was extreme burnout it wasn't just fucking burnout because I could blow past burnout and dance around it, you know. But this was extreme burnout. So it, it drained me on every single level, every level, emotionally, spiritually, because that's what it was. I looked at spirituality and the new age is the new cage, which is where I was and a big fan of, well down that, and then said, uh, oh, it's just fucking religion with extra steps. And that's when I got pissed. That's when I get so pissed. I was like, oh my god. And um, went into this darkness. So where I'm at, or where where I kind of went through from there was, is I felt like I had this thing on me, and I hadn't heard of heard Howdy's work. I'd been recommended Howdy McAlsey, by the way, on the show about twenty times. People were, "Oh my God, I just had Howdy on. Here's his email. Oh my God, here's this. You got to have him on." Blah blah blah. And uh, I was like, I just it didn't align. And then, um, and not for any other reason, then I just it was so uh, productive that I was just doing other things and didn't grab it and go, I, "I'll take a look at this and consider it seriously." And so, when I did, it was after uh this moment where i was walking around we have a labyrinth out here and i wore fucking i wore groove in that thing it's like 1200 steps in and out and you just walk it in walk it out and it's all i just did it barefoot and cussing the whole time piss like just ranting and so upset so anybody says like your shit's supposed to be clean there i don't know what experience they're having but it's it's not the one i, I was having so I would walk this thing and just be pissed and I would get to these ideas and I'm just I'm just like I feel like it's not me. I, I I I you know was this under this impression that I was like a solid being through and through and that nothing was interrupting my flow and nothing was interrupting my mind and my thoughts and my feelings. I couldn't do that. Even like DARPA weapons and shit. Okay, what are they gonna do, come fly over my house and do that shit all day? No. I'd get breaks from it or whatever. But this like you're gonna kill yourself for three months in your head, not my voice. That's not me, dude. You know, I'm not uh, that's not my thing. I get It's not my thing. And so I started looking at it like I had a backpack on that was a dude, that was a entity, if you will. And it was like this nasty glob thing that grew arms and a head and stuff like that. And it was like towering over me but coming out of my back like a backpack, like no legs. And it was stuck on my back and towering over me. And it had a rod with a carrot on the end of it. And that carrot was projecting my reality, and it was showing me what I wanted to see and walking me through a reality that would lead me where it wanted me to go, not where I really wanted to go. and it was this glance behind the curtain, whether it was real or not, it's the perspective I had. I instantly got absolutely pissed and upset, and I what I realized was or thought about was was is this thing is like driving me down these shit hole so that i get in this loop and it continues to take the same turns with different faces different roads but it's the same I, i always end up in the same place so i recognized a loop and how i broke the loop was i just stopped listening to the carrot first of all i called it out i shined a bright ass light on it. i was like you nasty fuck you have no business being you don't and i don't even necessarily subscribe to that and believe that things attach to you or you get possessed or anything i just called it out i said dude get fucked and since then, it's been this removal. It's been this strangle of the old self. It's, you look at the old you that did a great job getting you where you are, but has no business getting out of that cave, and you strangle it to death while it looks you in the eyes crying. And it's terrifying. It's this inner child shit. It's this heavy shit. And that is what creates the you on the other side of this. And with the planetaries, I don't know how f- you're familiar with this. I mean, it was, it was inevitable. Like, you can't... <laughs> there's no not doing it and so again to this perspective i'm sitting here looking at even astrology as like oh what's a planned out way for the archons to sort of suck your energy it's like oh we're gonna get them here here and here and so it's like a timeshare commitment they get to you which could be manifest in these different type of aliens and entities to make sure these loose uh, extractions are done at points or these little modifications and interactions occur and so as far as the phenomena go now, I don't, I, I'm not having fun with it. You know, I, I'm i having fun with the idea of it, of other people having fun with it, but at its core, I want nothing to do with it. Um, and same thing with psychedelics right now. I'm not doing psychedelics. I feel it's sort of the same invitation. Again, this is a very limiting thing. I'm a freedom person, so I'm not a fan of these limiting concepts and ideas. So there's a big part of me that still doesn't feel that that's right. But there's also a big part of me that knew that this deep, dark, soul trap, archon, everything's fucked perspective needed to be integrated into my psyche in some way. Yeah. And it it has its value because there's so much that I've changed because of it. I'm not a people pleaser anymore. I don't give a fuck. I'm walking through this reality now. I'm the most amazing person if you're in my path. I've, I am the most giver of service. I have so much value to offer if you're aligned and in my path. If it is not there, I have no problem telling you no, because that's a complete sentence. I wasn't like this before. It took this deep.
0: deep and, shit. you know, you said this is inevitable, you know, and thinking about the, the planetary cycles and what people go through. But it's not inevitable because it's inevitable that we get the the call to go there. But I also think it takes a tremendous amount of courage to allow yourself to go through that level of breakdown versus medicating it or numbing it or coping above it you know what i mean like i think you know in terms of the planets and these transits we go through um i think there are invitations or well invitation might be too nice a word but you know uh, these openings for like it's time it's time to fucking grow you know, but it, it is optional, like you can numb it out and not grow. And if you don't, a part of you dies. Right. But it's not as as you well know, it's not a pleasant, lighthearted experience to go through that and get to the other side. So I, I think, you know, there there is a lot there about your own courage to to face that darkness. Um, and I think this gets so tricky in terms of perception and sovereignty and clarity. And like when we think we think we know and we've got the answer and we're on path and then shit turns around and it's like, oh, my God, it's was so deluded. And this whole, you know, I, I didn't. In terms of entities and oh, there's something attached. I didn't. I used to not want to believe in that because I just I I felt like that's too victim-y and that's giving away my power and I don't want to perceive the world in that way. And I'm with you. Like I think perception is everything. But then, <laughs> but then, um, now I question that. And and I, I mean, I think I think there's this. What I like to think again, I don't. Who the fuck knows? But what I like to think is that. Entities can only get in if we have an an opening for them. If there's some unreason, you know unhealed trauma or which is classic for entity attachment, um, or some place where I'm not owning my energy, so there's this opening for them to get in. So it's still I like to think ultimately it still comes back to me and the ability to have sovereignty. I don't know though. What I mean? What are your thoughts about how much? sovereignty or freedom do you think we really have
1: it's my number one thing my number one you've nailed it with this you you and i are so aligned on this of course of course it makes sense it's the number one thing it's the freedom it's the fuck authority it's the um don't tell me what to do you know my first rule i do what i want that's it now, if I'm grabbing your bag to carry it and you go, "Oh, you know what? To, my first rule is I do what I want." If I'm carrying your bag, I'm an, I'm a generous person. I was raised in the South. Everybody's ma'am if you're 6 years old, if you're you're yes ma'am, yes sir. Uh, that's just how I was raised and I'm I'm grateful for that part of me that respect for and reverence for the other beings walking around here, whether you're an NPC or not, I'm still going to treat you. I say thank you to the automated machine when it, you know, connects my call, right? So it, it's this sort of just because that's who I am. Like every core of my being is that, and so there's no need to sort of modify it in that way. But to what you said about this is, is it though? Um, I've I've talked to uh, I talked to Chris Matthew the other day on his amazing show Forbidden Knowledge News, and we had an awesome conversation. Uh, about microbes and how they maybe that somebody uh, found a bunch of slides and they showed like the angel with a bunch of eyes and wings and shit like that's actually a bacteria that lives in you. And then they showed another thing that looked like a gray alien that lives in you. And then another thing that looked like this reptilian being or mantis thing and it's a micro b- bacteria. So may- maybe everything's sort of that's what all the aliens are and everything's a projection out of your eyes of whatever they want you to see including ufos that's what may have to do with the subjectivity of this place is the fact that it's all within you literally which again uh, as above so below blah 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 all of the things when you think of the extraterrestrial phenomena or anything else being a microorganism within you which then comes back to you opening yourself up your diet right your health your vitality of your physical being those are things then that you think about well if i'm being apprehended by Glycophates constantly are these um, nanoparticulates or maybe, you know, they're spraying things over us so we have no control over this whatsoever, Uh, you know, and then a deep relax and breath into that and what that feels like, then it's uh, terrifying and enlightening all at the same time. As then you can say, well, you know, I I don't necessarily view myself as this body, right? You kind of transcend those concepts. Yes, it's a part of me, um, but it's sort of like my belly button. It's a part of me, but it's not me. Um, I think of myself more as like, thousands of mini organisms that make me up like a voltron and all of us are working in tandem all these little bacterias all these cells all these atoms all of us are working together to make sure this vessel can navigate its experience in the way it's chosen to do so and in that way though i see that could also be algorithmic and programmed in a way now i've got such juxtaposed positions on this that i could view evenly that it's disorienting it's like uh having um uh, what's what are they called? Uh, 3D glasses on all the time, even though uh, 3D uh, reality is not shown that way. It's like having a blue lens and a red lens. And so I can close one eye and go, uh-huh, reality is that. And I can close the other one and go, oh, okay, it's exactly that. And so to blend the two is where I'm looking forward to coming to on this. And I think I'm at a point where it's starting to balance out, um, hesitantly I say this because the darkness has a way of doing that. It makes you apprehensive to enjoy, right? It makes you apprehensive to come back to hope which is not something i've uh i can say with any consistency that i have here i really don't i'm i'm marching through because i'm buying time um at a level but i'm buy- i'm doing it the way i want because that's my first rule right i do what i want so in the mix of the idea that there's entities around here controlling you and that have influence over you yes if you can embrace it as a at a, at a concept of literally that's what you are bacteria and little mini things walking around then you could say um, that if you can get your mind around that concept, then being at one with that would be your main goal. And if you have disharmony or anything, the body keeps the score kind of deal, then maybe it'll kind of tell you. And my mind working the way that it did told me that something wasn't right with my mind. Now, what does that mean? Is it something, am I- Do I need nootropics? Do I need something like that? Because it did feel like a bombardment. It felt like it wasn't me at all. And it felt like something that I didn't go to like a seance and something hopped on me you know i don't we don't watch tv we're very mindful about stuff but also we're not um helicopter people with each other like we don't hover over each other and make sure that oh make sure that we eat right because then you're not terraforming yourself to the shit environment out here maybe get a snickers every now and then you know what i mean you'd be better off um instead of making yourself so un so healthy that you're unhealthy to the unhealthy environment right and so there's again a balancing act with all this stuff so In that, um, reading Mark Gober's book, there was a perspective from a priest, and he said that he exercises people and that when he talks to the demons, that they're just as upset about the position that they're in as we are, that they don't want to be doing what they're doing, but it's for us and that we need it for our growth. Now, take this for what you will, because my blue lens, when I close that eye, says that's something a demon would say and you're full of shit then you close the other eye and you go wow man maybe that's our next step in evolution maybe like we go and transcend this 3d body and now we're one of those damn things that needs to feed on the energy here and that's how they're able by the way as a sovereign to access you uh is the fact that they are you which this idea of sovereignty is something that i come back uh, more and more and more and more if you get the concept of that there are only you uh, only you is the thing controlling the things here but again you have to buy that you You don't see the evidence of that other than people attempting to convince you that that's something you should look into seriously. And so it's a challenging perspective to embody because I don't see it that way. I can feel where it would be interesting, but then we get to the idea that God's just experiencing itself subjectively. And I have a question about how fucked up the dude is that he wants to experience that much rape and child molestation and murder and wars and atrocities and horrible shit, like what kind of God needs to experience a repetitive life of that? Life's, uh, plural, uh, generations, uh, scores of folks. So it's, it's it, I question then the creator, right? Like I said, I've got notes, one star for this environment, man. Um, there's a lot of beauty that could be here and a lot of amazing things that could be here. And again, that's the paradoxical nature to this. If you truly do have everything you want, are you cool with that? Being in an environment where there's still people being raped and, and child trafficked and shit. Like, are you cool with that? No is the answer. I, I would think. I mean, if you're tugging on the same thread we are, I would think no. And so if that's the case, what the fuck does this environment teach you? You know, why? oh, well, they just wanted to learn that. Sounds like something a demon would say. It, it's And again, this idea of it's a school. Well, I mean, if maybe I was a samurai in the last life. I'd like some dope samurai skills right now. You know, I mean, I could go... You know, chop wood in a different way. That'd be cool. Uh, I could instantly know how to fly a plane or something like that and recall that from my past life as a World War II pilot or something, right? Um, I don't see the connection with the ideas that I used to have so much fun with. And I've lost connection to it, honestly. That's what it is. lost connection to the fact that this is here for my benefit and that God is a benevolent God and that he's a good thing to have around and that this place in itself is ran on a core of altruism and of unconditional fucking love, which is... Ah, you know, it, pass on it, honestly, uh, just the whole concept. I mean, it's got to really come up and slap me in the face right now if that's what's going on. You know, it's got to be the just, it's got to come at me with the level of absurdly obviousness that it probably doesn't possess. It just doesn't. And that's where I'm at, is again, this level of certainty. Being certain of anything would be dope.
0: So then holding that, perception of where we are and what this realm is then how how can we best navigate because I mean there there is so much that we can do that's positive and constructive and in service and I guess I mean I guess partly I want to ask you and this is something I think you're really good at I think you you might have Venus and Virgo is that right do you know? Uh,
1: prob. Actually, probably. Yeah. yeah. I think
0: you're a Libra, right?
1: Um, I'm a Virgo Sun. Hang oh, on. Virgo okay. Sun Libra Moon and Leo Rising.
0: Okay, I've def- I definitely see the the Virgo Libra combo, which I have a lot of too. I'm also a Virgo okay. Sun. Um, because I, what I, one of the things I really appreciate about about you and what I've heard you talk about is just like these kind of day to day practices for re you know resetting our energy or resetting our focus which is very virgo right very very grounded very day to day and and even your journal very organizational but also beautiful libra um so what are yeah even if we are in a prison planet and uh soul sucking Archon trap, how, how can we best navigate and what are your kind of favorite go-tos for re, you know, coming back to something constructive?
1: This is probably one of the most important questions you could ask. And I'm grateful that you did, because at this point in the conversation, you know, people are just counting their bullets going, yeah, I only need one. Got it. No, 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 no there's a there's a level after nihilism and after nihilism comes absurdism and absurdism is <laughs> where i'm at and this is where it gets fun this is where you as we say troll this place and this is where you start testing the ideas that it's a simulation this is where you start meeting people with an accent that you just put on and you see if you can keep keep it going through the whole interaction um this is where you keep a fart machine in your pocket i didn't bring it in here i didn't know we were going to talk about this and and institute some pattern interruption in your life <laughs> now i um there's a guy on uh hang on there's a guy on youtube called or on instagram rather called humor bagel and this guy um makes these awesome videos where he is walking around central park and he takes a little fart machine in his pocket and just uh executes it right uh, around all these people and then it zooms in on the on the reactions of the folks now it's one of my favorite accounts ever it's got a lot of followers and the reason it is is not because of its uh, slapstick humor. It's that too. Uh, because the far, just, everybody loves it. Everybody cracks up. Right. But what it does at its core is it's a neurological tool. It rewrites, uh, neurons. It's pattern interruption. It, it takes those people who are on their cell phone with their boss or their landlady or something, you know, whatever in their day. And they just have a moment. They're like, how did that, what the, and and it's the equivalent to a UFO encounter. Honestly, It, it snaps you out of your programming. It goes, hang on. It interrupts things. There's many, um, pattern interruption tools. It's a whole concept of, um, of psychology and the the idea is is to brush your teeth with the opposite hand um, take a different uh route to work go shop at a different store like interrupt your pattern deliberately and the reason for this is because then you can realize how fucking stuck in this weird whirlpool of not your existence you're in and it's just this wild thing and once you grab that and you go hang on th- this is all just a game it's it's nuts it's meant to be played and fucked with even though it's scary and horrific it's more like a haunted house to be honest with you um i i need to be a oh, i need to let folks know that this is a part of the conversation where there's an emotional maturity that's necessary to go beyond this and so we're just going to point out here that these are philosophical concepts that i'm going inter- to interject here that may sound inhumane but again um i love everybody so let's just talk about it this way I don't know what's going on in the horrible things that I'm seeing. I've never seen a war personally. I've never been in a war personally. I I have had my own struggles that I would call traumatic, but I haven't experienced your life from your eyes. You haven't experienced it from mine. So I technically, from my observation, don't know that anything else is going on other than what I experience. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we look at it that way, how uh, there's a comedian named Sam Tripoli. He runs a great show called Tinfoil Hat. Um, And he likens this place, one of his metaphors for this experience, this realm, whatever, is that it's like a haunted house. A lot of things jump out and scare you, but they won't actually physically touch you. Now, a lot of people out there who are sitting here saying, but I lost my leg in this car accident, or this happened to my mom or my grandma maybe you know and and the thing about this too is is that it takes again such a level of detachment from where you were told everything is that i'm only going to skip off of it like a rock on water but i can't prove that any of that shit ever happens the only thing that i can take on let's say like a school shooting the only thing that i can take on is the emotion that i'm supposed to because i'm being bombarded with the fact that i should have that emotion for something okay and if you just take things as their core just emotion reaction emotion reaction uh, what is that like right the hegelian dialect problem reaction solution what is this what is how does it all play together and interact and if you just look at it like that you i see this whole place as a as a vibe for your attention it just wants your focus, your attention, where are your eyes, what is your focus going to, because that's your true currency here. If you're an energetic being, you are exuding energy constantly and its beautiful nectar of the gods. Your focus and attention is the most beautiful thing out there, it's what fills the balloons of anything that you're observing. Now, the fun part about absurdism versus nihilism, which is why we're not victims, and this is why you get on the other side of this, is you choose where your attention goes, okay? Where your attention goes, energy flows. And then now you can pull up all those handy little uh, memes in your pocket about the story about his grandfather and the grandson sitting there watching two wolves, one named Love, one named Fear. Grandson asks grandfather, which one grows? Grandfather says, whichever one you feed. So if you look at this and you say, okay, well, if I'm feeding the news, it's scaring the shit out of me that may or may not be happening, admittedly, and if you could really sit with that one, that's an interesting one, um, then, um, then I can say, well, I will just choose where my energy goes. Now, when you start doing that, that's, a diff- that's where it's different. That's where you really gain your power. This is where you can say, yes, there may be some shit attacking me. I may hear the Archon, and I grab the thought real quick, but they have made me a fucking thought ninja. No thought gets in uninterrupted. I grab them, and I stare at them, and my thought ninja stands guard. He's a tulpa I've created in my mind. He, there's a whole kids' book series coming about it. There's a, He stands in my mind. He is the bouncer for my thoughts. So anything that comes in with the wrong energy doesn't stay long. He can catch you real quick, and he cuts those fear tentacles out before they hit and take root into spirals these fear spirals right Mm -hmm. and in those fear spirals that's where your energy goes in which that's where you feel helpless and powerless and so this whole concept of that archons are here okay if you can get over the fear of it which is going to be very easy with this one idea think of how hard they work to get your attention think of how hard and elaborate this whole goddamn place is to fool you out of the fact that something's trying to fool you. Think of the extents that NASA goes through and the budget they do, and they do a shit job at it. My nephew could do this with a hundred bucks better than they can <laughs> with this green screen shit, right? For some reason, the the idea that you're being fooled is around you all the time, all the time. Just pick up on that. Look at your government, look at your media, look at anything, and not even in a conspiratorial, like, oh, they're coming to get me. Just look at it, just say, yes, that's occurring. I'm attempting to be fooled constantly. So then what do you say, well, what do I do about that? You just be unfucking foolable. Look at things, ask questions as your biggest damn thing. Know is a complete sentence, be empowered to be you. And number two, ask fucking questions. And that's something that doesn't, can't stand up to your questioning, good. Watch things like that evaporate out of your life. It's a level of frequency that will stop interacting with you. People don't wanna fucking hear it. So, they'll just move on. And so, you ask enough questions, the things in your life that you don't like won't be there anymore because you're going to reveal them. This is what the darkness showed me. It didn't dim my light, it showed me that my light could get brighter, but mm-hmm. I needed to fuel that. And so, I just amped up my light in that darkness. And I saw all kinds of shit around that scared the fuck out of me. But that's the point. You look at it, it's scary, but it's not going to touch you. It's on and out. It can't do anything unless you want it to. That's your greatest power, honestly. And that's the part that I'm at now. And you, you laugh at it, man. They hate that shit. You'd have fucked up thought. Laugh at it. Be like, what the fuck are you? T- I'm not going to d- get out of here. Get the fuck out. Of- I see you. Get it. Get out of here. Thought ninja. And, and he's like, I'm on it. He goes, hi, hey, that's all he ever says. Hi!" Hey. And he gets it. And um, so, yeah, you're, you're all the power. And the uh, reason you know that is because of how elaborate they have to make this ridiculous place to fool you.
0: Amen. Oh, so well said. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. OK, so I could listen to you talk forever, but I know we're coming up on time and I want to make sure that you let people know what's coming up in your world and how they can find you. And of course, I'll include links in the show notes as well. But yeah, tell people how to find you, what you've got going on.
1: Oh, you're just great. Thank you so much for this. Like there's so few hosts, I think, that you really get me to just really. I mean, I can talk forever, but really they get to this level of depth, but also range of things. And, you know, even get some tears out of your boy here. Uh, This has been an amazing experience, Emily. I can't Mm. thank you enough. I'll come back any damn time. So thank you. Thank you to answer your question directly um you can find us right now just at the instagram expanding reality 369 at instagram it's uh we're just th- lobbing some fun videos and just expanding some realities just so you start asking some questions take a look at your world around there you know um uh then we're the website expanding will be up soon we're reworking it and it's now gonna it's it's a whole redo so that doesn't it's not a slow process but as far as the show goes it can be found anywhere um we're out uh 40 something different Listener apps, I just got on a a website and just got on a bunch of them. Uh, Then YouTube, Rockfin, all that kind of stuff. Where the fun is, though, is at Patreon. And we're doing these uh, Patreon hangouts. You joined us for the live recording of an episode with Kate Montana. And so we have a live recording with the the, uh, value exchange members that are at that tier. And then we um, have live conversation recorded for the show, and then we um, have a vibe and a after where it's way better than a and a right? We just hang out, we share stories, share all kinds of shit. Ask whatever you want, do whatever you want. Um, as far as the journals go, you can find those on Amazon for now, but again, all this will be integrated in the website soon, so I'm kind of giving you like I'm showing you coming soon signs uh, for most stuff, but everything's out there. Uh, It's just not in one place yet. So um, yeah, that's what's going on with that. And then we have the event in May uh, that we're hosting the Befriending Bigfoot event in Blairsville, Georgia. And that's gonna be the 15th through the 20th of May. We have rented a 25 acre property out there that butts up to a national forest. We've got speakers, presenters. We're gonna live stream the blocks of uh, presentations every night to the YouTube there. So everybody can join if you can't make the event. Um, it 's amazing experience, so you can write us in um, expanding reality excursions at gmail dot com expanding reality excursions at gmail dot com and we 'll put you on the fast track list for when tickets become available and all of that will be coming up very very soon we I literally just got off a plane two days ago from Georgia from a trip out there a scout trip, and we met people and um my thing is like my superpower and i've known this about me for a long time i'm a magnet for incredible people that's just my thing and um part of that though is i feel an absolute joy and the responsibility and honor to be able to share those people with everybody else and so as i'm out here creating an event you know in blairsville georgia we stop for a a cup of coffee because i want as local as i can with these things right all local artisans food all that kind of stuff so uh we stop by a coffee place to tell her we need like 50 pounds of coffee for these for this week And so we talked to her and she goes, ooh, you ought to talk to these people. And they're a band that's standing there. And this guy, um, Curtis Jones, uh, shout out, Curtis and Kim Jones, they play Mountain Gypsy Music. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Check their website out. They're great. She plays upright bass. It's folky, you know, Southern Appalachian music. But he's one of the fastest guitar players on the planet. He's in the Guinness Book of World Records, standing in a coffee shop in Blairsville, Georgia, while we were there, wearing a T-shirt of the museum that we're going to go to in the town over, It's like one of these things. So all of these magical things are happening with this. It's a massive thing, an intimate conference type deal. There's gonna be a bunch of speakers there and stuff. And so it's gonna be really cool. So come hang out with us and write us in at expandingrealityexcursions at gmail.com for now. And then we'll get back to you with um, more info on that. So Emily, again, thank you so much. This is incredible.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. And that just sounds like a once in a lifetime off the hook, incredible experience, so fun.
1: We're going to be doing a bunch of them, but each of them will be unique. Absolutely, like we have Mount Shasta and Mount Adams on our list, um, the Superstition Mountains out in Arizona. We are planning a motorcycle trip where we're just going to get a couple of vans for people that don't want to ride motorcycles, and we'll go to some really cool places throughout the desert and just ride, you know, wow. um, to each destination. So it's it's amazing.
0: All right. Well, I'm planting a seed that I'm going to see you at one of those events because I'd love come to come there. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brandon. This has been incredible. And I'm just so in awe of what you're creating in the world. Thank you. And thank you for, I mean, my mind continues to be blown um, by your episodes and I appreciate (laughs) that because I'm already pretty out there, but I've learned so much from what you're creating and I'm so grateful for that.
1: Thank you for saying that. I'm just grateful that I'm a magnet for incredible people. And I happen to go, hey, you want to record a conversation with me? And they're like, sure, I'm going to put it out. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah. And then that's how the show's gone. And I'm just, that's it. But yeah, we just, I'll, we'll just keep it going. But thank you so much.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks, Brandon.